Bet on Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Look at look at your look at your he's 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 enamored. I like you, fit. man. That, like, that looks here. good. I thought I should really walk in the chop today, man. What the hell? Where's Johnny Depp at? Johnny, where you at? Is he back here? Come on. Captain Jack Sparrow. Where you at, Captain Jack Sparrow? Only only he plays Willy Wonka. The the day, the second I walked in the building, everybody went oof. And I was like, is this the first time I've worn color in here? Well, I I think it's the blue on blue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, a little much. This is very Sergio Ticini like, you know, <laughs> this, 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 the old, uh, yeah, because uh, everybody in the Balkans got their nice little sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, they wear their slides. Yeah. They got the the Adidas uh, black with white stripes coming up. They yeah. got their, you know, a whole old school, uh, their old school um, T-shirts on. And, uh, you know, with a light jacket that goes over the top, representing whatever team they happen to be a fan of. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's the, that's the vibe. I'm that's giving off that's here. like the vibe. That's the first morning vibe. <laughs> like if you were a Chelsea fan, that would be perfect right there. If you were a, a Chelsea fan out at Stamford Bridge, yeah. you've got it going. All you need is the Chelsea logo just, right just there. Little... You'd be perfect. You'd be perfect. They'd <laughs> love you in Europe. They'd love you in Europe. I love it. I, I got one of one of my homies. Uh, Eventually, uh, when you guys want to jump on board. Whenever. Remember, whenever. Whenever. America, it's time. America runs up. I'm running What do you think's in here? Whatever we need. Boom. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. What do you think's in I'm here? Right here. Yeah. 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 Look how That's handsome. what's in here. Look how handsome all this coffee makes me look. Oh, my <laughs> sweet heaven. You should try the blue, Yerk. Mm. You should try the blue. Blue. You could pull this off. I've got blue, like uh, golf uh, quarter zips. Yeah. I've got plenty of them, and they bring out my blue eyes. Do, right? do you do the full when suit, get, though? Blue pants no, as well. I can't get away with you could pull this no. off, Yerk. I'm going to tell you why. I got a gut, <laughs> and my gut stops me from wearing a lot of things. Yeah. So the minute I could buy it, like today, I almost borderline shorts today. Yeah. It's a nice day. Degrees, out. It's, it's a little damp. Warm, yeah. It's not windy. Today's the day I can get away with coming from the garage, coming to here, just wearing with shorts. Yeah. But no, no, no. I'm going to keep the jeans on up until March 17th, as is my want. Yeah. And as is my philosophy. So let's talk a little bears here. You're- what would you like to talk about? I want to talk to you about the fact that the Chicago Bears are interviewing Joe Barry. And I need some insight on this from a former Packers player and okay. somebody who's talked on Packers radio, things like that, about Joe Barry. So, because I think he's possibly one of the worst candidates we could put in the room if if we were to bring him in. Well, I'll be honest with you. It's it's personnel. It's all about personnel, what you can do with personnel. And a lot of defense coordinators get limited by the, the, the types of personnel that they have and right. what they can and what they cannot do. Uh, being a defense coordinator for the Chicago Bears was very difficult last year until Montez gets here. Right. Now, Montez gets here, you get a little bit more pass rush. Guys could be a little bit more daring. So a lot of what a coordinator can and can't do is dependent upon the types of abilities that he has on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, the better your players are, the more adventuresome you could become, uh, the more plain Jane you can be, too. Right. You can just attack with four guys and let's go have a party, drop seven. Uh, you could play uh, like a two-man. You could play some two-under. Uh, you know, you you can disguise coverages if your people can handle it and you can get a little bit crazy and cause some confusion on the other side of the ball. So I would never um, look at a guy and say, hey, like say Luke Getze had more to work with on the offensive side of the ball. Right. We can all agree that they were somewhat uh, limited 
if, if uh, the top offense in the league operates at 100%, we could say that the Bears were probably in between the 75 and 82 range, right. depending how they were playing that day. And who was healthy. Right, yeah. exactly. So And the center position. <laughs> it's hard for me to lambast because you're going to notice that some guys are successful some places. Some guys are not successful some places. And a lot of that has to do with the amount of talent they have. And then you've got to minimize uh, the types of calls. So I wouldn't go out and say Luke Getzey can't be an offense coordinator. He's interviewing with the Raiders right, right Luke now. Luke Getzey might go out someplace and, 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 and do it. Vic Fangio, we know, can play defense. But if you look at Vic Fangio's defenses, they're not all top five defenses all right. the time. Why? Because it's the kind of guys you can't. So when I'm looking at a defense coordinator and I'm looking at Joe Barry, does he have the mindset? Does he have the ability? Does he have the experience to call the plays? Now, if you give him um, some some playmakers, now all of a sudden what happens? And I remember that in the offensive side of the football, too, uh, when we had um, you know Favre and you had a Chewy and you had uh, Jackie Harris in the back, you had Sterling, you had a young Robert Brooks, a young Antonio Freeman. You know, you're saying a whole lot of young guys. But until they really kind of upgraded and they brought you know some players in, then all of a sudden Favre became a stud. Now, when we lost Sterling, we distributed the ball more evenly. Yeah. That's the way the offense is supposed to work. And then they brought in more talent on the offensive side of the ball. And back then we ran. So we had Dorsey Levins at the running back position, upgraded from Edgar Bennett. Edgar Bennett came to Chicago. Uh, we had Dorsey back there, William Henderson at the fullback. Uh, Chewy and Keith Jackson were at the tight end position. So the minute you start upgrading players, and you see that the natural tendency on a team that was 3-14 and 14 right. to a team that goes to 7-9, and nine, and now if they do it right, I've got the game plan, what I think it's going to be. Um, there's going to be some more draft picks. You're going to identify some of the key, the weak spots. Gervin Dexter, hopefully he's watching that, uh, the, the film that I told him, Santana Dotson. Santana Dotson. Hopefully he's watching Santana Somebody Dotson. Somebody send get him off this tape, ball. Santana Dotson. Send him the Santana Dotson tape. I mean, that's what needs to happen. Um, I thought Dexter from the beginning of the year to the end of the year was a markedly improved player. Yep. And it was going to take him time to break him into the system he was at, at, at the University of Florida. So they, they did it. The better the players um, become and then Joe Barry then, or whoever becomes a defense coordinator, has to then become comfortable with the capabilities of the individual players. And then once you figure out what they can and cannot do, then you start making the calls that are very specific to the type of players and the type of defense you believe that team can be. Yeah. So I never lambast coaches and say, oh, they're got off of this. They're got, the North Turner's been fired 10 times. <laughs> Nobody could disagree that North Turner's not a quality offense coordinator. He yeah. has. He's won Super Bowls. Yeah. There's no denying that North Turner has put together some good stuff, yet he gets fired. Right. And that's what happens. When you're a coach, you come into a situation, you identify, you try to maximize the potential of whatever unit you have, and then if it hits, great. If not, but at the end of the day, you look at it as a coach or as a team, and you look at the talent that you have, it just might not be good enough. I was victimized by that. Ron Wolf looked at me, and he says, listen, he's a great player. He's a gritty player. He's a tough player, but he's just not what I need. Right. We need somebody that could put pressure from the three technique. I couldn't do it. Gilbert couldn't do it. So More they got Sant stuff. they got Santana in. Yeah. Move Gilbert to the nose. Gilbert was a much better player than I was, right? Didn't mean I couldn't play in the league. Just means that they had upgraded the three technique to the point they could shift Gilbert over and Gilbert was better than I was. I had to go find a new home. Right. That's the way it is with talent in the NFL sometimes. So I'm not gonna 
lambast Joe Barry. People like to do that, and they like to tear apart coaches. I don't do that. What I'll tell you is he has to be able to identify the talent he has on this team. This team is talented. It's defensive backfield. It's probably one of the finest young defensive backfields. And if you bring uh, uh, Johnson back, Jaylen Johnson, you, yeah, yeah, you got him. And I do numbers. 39, you got 29, you got six, you got nine. Yeah. You got young kids that played this year. Your depth is pretty Tyreek darn good. Stevenson, Terrell Smith got a yeah. lot of experience. Yeah. You got some pretty good young talent that hopefully with another pass rusher. Remember what I'm saying? You paid your linebackers already, so I'm not even worried about the linebacking position. They're there. Now you just need one more stud coming off the corner along with the development of Dexter, Pickens, and whoever else they put in a little bit of mix because you can play eight. You play eight defensive linemen. Right. You do. There's a rotation. You can rush the pass for five times in a row after that. Guess what? It's like asking a guy to run five forties in a row. Do you think they're all going to be at the same speed? No. By the time he runs that Slowly fifth forty, slower, yeah. yeah, at a fifth forty, he's a little more fatigued. He's not quite as prime as he once was. Now he's a so. four five guy. Yeah, like, oh, and that's <laughs> like that's like with he's no rest. Three on one. Yeah, it's like no rest. First one's down. Turn around. Stop wherever you're at, and we'll count forty off, and we're going here. Then we're going to stop, and that's how pass rushing is. So you got to play a bunch of guys. So. Um, I don't mind Joe Barry. I don't mind other guys. I played for uh, in the NFL, Tom Olivendotti with the Miami Dolphins. Olivendotti was a good coach. We had a bunch of talented linebackers. Rick Graff, Eric Kumro. Uh, we had John Offerdahl. We had Mikey Reichenbach, Barry Krause, Cliff Odom. I mean, we had a slew of linebackers that were studs, little Louis Oliver. So he had stuff to work with. So Alvin Dottie was a pretty good uh, uh, coach. I went up to Green Bay, and our defensive coordinator the first year was Hank Bulla. Mm. Remember the great Hank Bulla was a coach up in Buffalo? Son Chuck Bulla played Chuck for the I Michigan okay. State Chuck, Spartans. Chuck, I got it. Right. So Hank was up there with us that first year. Then Ray Rhodes came in. Right. Now, Ray Rhodes has had varying amounts of success, and nobody would tell you Ray Rhodes is not a great coach. Ray Rhodes is a great coach. Okay, but he's had varying amounts of success, right? Somebody says Ray Rhodes stinks. He got fired in Philadelphia as the head coach. He got fired in Green Bay as the head coach when he came back, and they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. And as a defense coordinator, he had varying levels of success with yeah, his defenses, right? So, you know, he won a Super Bowl with Frisco in 94 when he left us. So it, it's – it's you, 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 you just – they have to get in. They have to become comfortable with the people they have, and that's how you call plays, and that's what you do. Uh, so Ray was with me. Uh, Dick Drown was with me in Jacksonville. And then when I got to Cleveland, it was uh, uh, the hot name, the hot name, Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slo Slowick. It's Bobby Slowick's father. Yeah. Was our, he was a coordinator here with Dave Wanstead, the defense coordinator. He was our coordinator up there. Um, all, all good coaches. Bobby Slowick in Cleveland when I was the third best guy on the field defensively, what do, what do you think that was like for him when he woke up at night going, holy Christ, <laughs> Yurko's the third best player on my defense. We're going to stink to the bejesus. Yeah. And now he can't let anybody know that. He's got to present himself in front of the meetings. He's got to have all the confidence in the world. But we couldn't run what we wanted to run because we had idiots on our team. Yeah. We had defensive players that were, some of them were at the end of their career. We made more mistakes than anybody would. Our mental errors, like 10 games, 11 games into the season, 29, 28, 26, 20, 22, 21, two for the good kid yeah. in 10 games. Well, you can't make mistakes. You know, and your defensive line coach, Clarence Brooks, says, you know why Yurko's been in the league 10 years? Because I can trust, I can trust him. I know he's going to be where I need him to be. He's made two mental errors in, in 10 games. He goes, look at your list, guys. Look at him. 
29. And that's what a defensive coordinator has to coach to. Yeah. You only can coach to the talent that you have. Okay. And then you try to maximize whatever you have. And then all of a sudden you can become a bad defense coordinator. I don't believe that. I don't buy it. I saw all these coaches can coach. Um, some can identify what their players can do or can't do a little bit quicker than others, but everybody can coach. If Joe Barry were to be hired here, the first thing he's got to do is learn his team. He's got to get out there. He's got to figure out what his guys can and can't do and then maximize what they, what they do. I think the part that scares a lot of fans is right. When you look at that Packers defense, right? You look at a team that it almost feels like there's a, I mean, this is Joe Barry's talent. These are the guys that he's gone out there and selected. Yeah. These are the guys that he's gone out and said, you're elite. And these are high picks in the draft, right? There's a lot of – I think they – if I'm not mistaken, I think their defense leads the NFL in first-round picks on that defense, right? Yeah. So, like, that's well, kind of where their, that concern maybe comes in. not their own picks, but also right, yes. the picks that were acquired from other teams. Yes. So. I think that's maybe where a lot of people are like, you're doing all of this. I, you're supposed to be the elite guy, the leader in the room. I believe they've been in a position of flux for an extended period of time on their defense. Well, they brought in two pass rushers. They drafted a pass rusher. One of those guys is now gone playing someplace else in the league because yep. they can't keep paying people. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they caught themselves in the cap crunch. So now you can be the greatest defense or you can be a good defensive mind. Now, all of a sudden, the general manager comes up from above and says, we got to start sacrificing. Yeah. Um, we're this much over the cap. We're going to have a crap load of dead money. Blah, blah, blah. Who can you go without? If you had to be without somebody, who can you be with, without? And I think that's kind of a little bit of a flux that they've been in, um, that they've had some casualties on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, Jair Alexander, we all acknowledge that he's one hell of a receiver. What happens when he gets beat? DB. Yeah, defensive back, yeah, cornerback. Yeah. What happens when he gets beat? I'm, I'm a I'm a corner. He's a top-rated corner, top-paid corner yeah. in the league, right? Oh, and, he's, he, and he gets beat. His his fall off his uh, bed. Right, but I'm yeah. a coordinator. I put him out there, and now he's getting beat like, yeah. uh, like yeah, a drum yeah. at times. Yes. And then every blue moon, he'll pop for you, and they'll give you that little superstar play that he's getting paid for. Yeah. But he doesn't play uh, consistently enough at that high level that right. you want him at. So what do you do now? I'm a defense coordinator. Now my best player, my highest-paid player, has decided that he's going to go on a mental strike for a while and not not produce the best football you can. So what do you do as a coordinator? Now you got to be a little bit more conservative with him. Now you can't be as aggressive with him. But he's going so, out for the coin toss. Right. Oh, well, in Carolina especially. <laughs> in Carolina, Carolina especially. He's going out for the coin toss. And then you got to suspend the guy again. But but that's my point. Yeah. So uh, the, the head coach, I mean, the head coach, the coordinators, when you identify what your guys can do again, put them in the best position to win, and then they decide to have brain farts on you. Yeah. Now what do you do as a coordinator? A guy you know is supposed to have contained doesn't have contained. Is that me as a defense coordinator screwing it up? Or is it me now not being able to trust my player to be able to keep contained when he's supposed to keep contained? See, they're all small little yeah, things yeah. that ultimately at the end of the day, everybody wants to be confident with each other and everybody wants to be able to propel themselves forward. But you, you can only do that with the production of play. And if the production of play is there to match the expectations for everybody, then all of a sudden the guy looks like a superstar. Yeah. So. We'll see what he's able to do. I think he's uh he hasn't been hired yet. He's coming in for the interview. I think the fact that yeah. Flus is here right. does kind of keep things a little, you know, status quo defensively. Right, right. So I feel better about whoever but, we hire right. as the DC, no sure. matter what. But and here's the thing. That's why I'm trying to speak in generalities, right? And not always trying to speak specific to an individual. 
because there are those um, certain unknowns within a team, and those are those that learning process and that learning curve that you're going to have with getting to know your people. That's why I can't sit and just say, oh, my God, this guy's horrific or yeah. this guy's the fantastic hire because all these people are competent people. They're all competent people, okay? Now you got to trust them. They've got to trust you, and then you've got to go out there and you've got to put it all on the line without having brain farts and mental errors will kill every team up there every team every team and, we, and we've seen it we've seen it here way too much yeah. we got a weekend of more playoff football coming here yerk before yeah. we let you get out of here if you could take one player off of any of the four teams available that san is not francisco. a quarterback right yeah i, I, I don't want a quarterback san, i got justin fields san francisco baltimore uh san francisco baltimore um for the super bowl no i'm just i'm i'm, I'm thinking oh thinking of the teams play. lions san Detroit francisco lions. baltimore lions and uh if i was going to take a receiver and chiefs of course yeah. yeah and the chiefs if i was going to take a receiver i would stay away from chiefs uh Kelsey's <laughs> so i'm looking at a young player yeah and if i was a young player i'd go on two it would either be zay flowers mm -hmm. love that uh, offensive side of the ball yep. first. I'll either do Zay Flowers or I'll do Amon St. Brown. Oh, we get the right St. Brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The we right get, one. We not, get the right St. Brown. Not Equiminius. And then if I was going to do a defensive player that's coming off the corner, dependent upon age, uh, I, I, I would stick with the two offensive players. That's what I want to go with. Maybe. Maybe Aiden Hutchinson, just because of how young he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does pressure the quarterback, even though it doesn't always result in the sack amounts that one would love. Yeah. But maybe I take Aiden Hutchinson. Well, we got we got a chance at one of those guys possibly because he could be a free agent. Would you uh take a Chase Young off uh, of the Niners no. who could uh, be becoming available? No. Not a Chase Young guy. No, to me it's an injury concern for Chase Young. Um, injury concern. Can he ever get back to the level he wants? He's going to want to get paid at that level. Somebody might be willing to pay him at that well, level. Seven and a half sacks was his high. That's what right. he did get this year. Yeah, Daniil Hunter. That's why I want. I want Daniil Hunter. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, just, just from the offseason. Oh, yeah. I, right. If right. I got my option, yes, right. Daniil Hunter, who does right. come with, with injury tag. concerns as well. Sure, but he's missed some games. We, but we've seen him come back yeah. from that and be pretty good still. Yeah, but not a catastrophic injury. No, Ch Chase's was yeah. was uh, bad one. It was the, the, he missed basically two years. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, yeah. no. And I guess hear what you. these don't get healthier. Well, yeah, that's no, what, they that's don't get healthier. They just have a tendency to break down on you. <laughs> There's so, this, this I, mindset I, I, that the I, older I, you get, the better you get. It's like I, yes, but like you also get more broken down. All right, I gave you flowers. I gave you St. Brown, yep. and then Daniel Hunter. If I had my best case scenario, season sign, and then yeah. develop my defensive tackles the way they're developing. I'm telling you, Dexter can be a star. Yeah, all he's got to do is work at. But then he's got to see it, though. I mean, that's why I'm telling you. I might send a note out on that uh, Twitter. X I'm telling you, man, where I put a little Santana dots. And this is who he can be. Eric, you got to help me with this. I'm going to put it together, and I'm going to do a little soliloquy on Santana Dotson and Dexter can be Santana Dotson. Um, and that's the film that he's got to watch and that's how he's got to develop. And that's what he's going to be. If he, if he's do, he does that three years from now, he's going to be a gazillionaire. A gazillionaire. I'm excited. He's going to make excited. a ton of money. When, the day, the day that he becomes Jervon and not Gervin to Yurko, yeah. we know he's a stud. Yeah.
Hey, we appreciate you guys for tuning in to show and love to another episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Is he 99 or 98? Which one? Which uh, one Javon Dexter's yeah. 98. Okay, 98. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star view. Y'all know what to do. Y'all stay safe out See there. Ya. For the good kid, it's your boy Pat the Designer. Peace.